Don't get your budgie smugglers in a bunch. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, my dears. Today, we are going to talk about money. And there's a couple reasons I want to talk about this and in this way. So number one, it's said that the average American household doesn't have $400 for emergency expenses. So a small amount of money can be really powerful in our lives. And number two, one study, which admittedly there aren't a lot of studies I've been able to find on this topic over the years as I've researched it, but it's said that the average American woman spends almost $2,000 a year on clothes and doesn't wear over half her closet. So whenever I talk about the Pareto principle, the idea that we wear 20% of our clothes 80% of the time, people always say, wow, yeah, that's me. So if, if you've spent $2,000 in a year, even if you're like, oh, Hillary, I must spend way less than that. Okay, well, let's add that up over the last five years. And then let's say you aren't really wearing 80% of that closet or even based on the study, you're not wearing 50% of that closet. If it was a $2,000 value and you are actually beating the Pareto principle odds and wearing 50%, that's still $1,000 that is sitting there hanging and unused. So as a stylist, I am incredibly passionate about the fact that the way I teach style, which is not about buying more, but buying more wisely and making better use of what you already own, helps protect families in emergencies. It helps you create that buffer in your life without sacrificing your beauty and your confidence. It actually increases your beauty and your confidence along the way, which is probably going to mean there's even other areas of your life in which you feel less need to buy things to make you happy or splurge on this to try to create some other feeling. And number three, once or twice a year, I offer some high-level coaching for fellow entrepreneurs. It's around $500 a month. And every year, this is around January, people write to say that they so badly want to start or grow their business to make money, but they don't have the money to start growing it. So for the last two years, my team has been talking about this and saying, okay, the next time we offer this, we need to start helping more people in the fall save money so that they can say yes to their dreams and make more money for themselves and their families. So today, I want to share a laundry list of practical ideas that our team has come up with. The first ideas are around how to save money, and the second set is how to make money. And in humility, we know this list is not exhaustive and that so many of you have been on a budget for years and are brilliant at it and have learned so much. So we're going to link an Instagram post below and would love for you to come share any other ideas and read what others have to suggest so that you can really get momentum going in this area altogether. Some of you may already be ninjas at budgeting. Others of you may have some really good financial breathing room in your life. But I believe that we can all find some areas in which to be re-inspired today to be a better steward of what we've been given, however much that is, so we can invest it in the things that will bring us the most joy and the most freedom, whether you want to feel more beautiful or grow your business in the new year. So first off is ways to save money. I've got six ideas when it comes to your clothing and your style. First is repurposing your clothes to create new outfits. This is something that I teach inside Style and Stylability. 
the way that the habit grooves work in our brain, we consistently want to pair that top with that sweater with that skirt, and we think we have one work outfit there. And that top can only be worn to work. That skirt can only be worn to work. And our brain is doing this to help us save energy. But the reality is that what it means is that we feel so much more stifled by what we have when actually if we would break all of that apart and learn how to see it with new eyes, we have endless options once we start multiplying how much else we could wear with that skirt, that top, that cardigan, how it actually could work for a Saturday morning or a Tuesday night. Number two is having the confidence to rewear outfits. This is something else we talk about in style and styleability that so much of that process inside the style class is really about growing our confidence in ourselves. Yes, I'm teaching you tools and principles and and tr- tips and tricks, but a lot of it also is your mindset and not realizing how much we have these stories. We have these stories of people are going to judge me, people are thinking negatively about me. So much of it is realizing in our mind, nobody cares that you wear that same outfit to the holiday party that you wore last year. No, they don't remember. And if they do remember, it's because they loved it last year and they're going to love it again this year. No one's like, I cannot believe that she did not spend more money on a new outfit this year. So it's those that mindset that allows us for simple things like the confidence to rewear and realize if I go to church on Sundays, I don't need 12 church outfits to be wearing something different every single Sunday throughout summer. I can rewear things. This doesn't matter to anybody else. And by the way, if at any of these things you're like, yeah, that's not what I struggle with, amazing. Not all of us are going to struggle with every one of these things. A lot of us have already dived into these, but look for the ones that do apply or in every one you're doing, is there a next level in which I could challenge myself? Because guys, the confidence to rewear, this is something I have to remind myself of, and I am literally a professional stylist who is teaching these things. But I find in myself being, actually, I posted this on Instagram recently, There was a green, long sleeve green silk dress, if you remember this, that I was going to wear to church. And I thought, like, I feel like I've worn this a lot. But I was like, but it's just it's going to be too cold soon in winter. And so I'm going to wear it again. I put it on and Jeremy goes, you look really nice. Have I seen that dress before? And I was like, okay, my own husband, who does notice my clothing and always notices what I'm wearing to church, doesn't realize that I've worn this, I feel like, two other Sundays. And I just realized, like, yep, we overanalyze this way too much. If that's the thing I want to wear, I should just wear it. Number three is to borrow or swap for the holidays with a friend. I just think the holidays are a really specific time where you've got Halloween costumes and ugly sweater parties and holiday events and New Year's Eve. And it can become a time when back to back to back to back, we end up making purchases. Um, Wedding season is another one when that comes up, but we can end up making purchases where we really only wear these things one time. You don't need a new ugly sweater every, every season. You don't need to spend a ton of money on your Halloween costume unless it truly is like your jam and it brings you so much joy. Like my sister and her husband and kids do coordinated Halloween costumes every year. They're the cutest. Whereas like, Jeremy and I, were not that into it at this point. So why would I want to go spend all of this money on it? But I can just get caught up in that loop of, well, sure, that's the default. Instead of thinking, well, if I do have an idea, can I borrow from someone else? Or did a friend wear a costume last year that I can just wear because I'm going to a different kind of party? So when you have that ugly sweater party at work, you ask your girlfriend if you can borrow the one that she wore to her work party. Or I, I lend friends all the time dresses for 
Christmas things, for New Year's Eve things, for weddings. People know that they can come to me and ask, but I guarantee there are so many more people in your life that you could be asking that it just doesn't occur to you. They only know because I've said it and I've talked about it. So then they come to me. So you know what? You also can be generous in this way. Mention to your girlfriends, FYI, headed into the holidays, anyone who wants to come over and borrow and swap for, you know, who's my size-ish, like, send me a text. No worries. And then you've taken away someone being like, uh, I don't know. I'd, I feel awkward. Maybe she would say no. Or like, I don't want it to seem like I don't have a lot of money. And you just lead the charge with like, hey, guys, I'm trying to save money this season. And so if anybody wants to do this, even if you're like, I think I probably have more margin than the friends in my life, but I'm going to lead with this because I can always be a good steward, even if I've been given extra margin. And that is going to bless someone else that really does not have the money to make it work and is so blessed by the fact that they're like, oh, I never would have thought about that. And you're like, well, you know, you should listen to your welcome podcast and then you would have these brilliant ideas as well. So number four is identify your true holes for buying. This is a huge thing I teach inside Style and Styleability that when we go shopping, it's not necessarily about going on a shopping freeze for a year or a super extended period of time, but it's knowing where are the holes? You know, I, I'm bored with this black dress because I wear it all the time. So maybe I need to buy a second black dress in this category. Let me identify why do I love this black dress so much? I don't need, but maybe when I go shopping, I'm drawn to colored things and sparkly things, but actually those just aren't as practical. Or I have these pieces and why am I not wearing them? I'm not wearing them because I don't have a belt. Like I lost some weight or I gained some weight and I don't have the right belt. If I could just buy a belt, I would then be able to wear all three of these dresses that I keep feeling like, eh, I just, they need something kind of, you know, in the middle there. I've heard, I've learned Hillary's, you know, line and V principle, and I need something at that line and I just don't have it. Suddenly you can spend $30 on a belt that allows you to have so many more options and have things be more flattering in your closet rather than spending $300 out buying new outfits. Number five is identify the true holes for wish lists. This is something specifically around the holidays or if it's your birthday or if this is something your family would do for Mother's Day. Different times of year where someone might say, I want to get you a gift. What can I get you? I don't know if you do that in your family, but we will share like wish lists rather than just thinking that people can read our minds and know what we want. So by doing this process now in October, you get to the point where come the holidays, you actually aren't just asking for yet another sweater when you've gone through style and styleability and you're like, I have sweaters coming out of my ears. Do you know what I need is colored pants. This was the thing for me one year. I realized that I got so bored in winter because I just wear sweaters and jeans, sweaters and jeans, sweaters and jeans. And I realized I've got all the colors of the rainbow in the sweaters, but I just have blue denim jeans. They're just, I got two pairs maybe, but they're like the same thing. And I realized that's what I need to mix up. I need to get a pair of gray jeans, black jeans, a pair of colored, you know, colored cords, colored pants. I added some color on the bottom half of my wardrobe. But again, as a stylist, I have to go through these intentional steps to have these ahas. It's not that I was just magically born with this and I never have a new thought of, you know where there's actually a hole in my wardrobe that's not what I'm drawn to? I'm drawn to sweaters. But I need to go for pants. Somehow those don't feel as sexy, but they're going to make me happier. And number six, Put yourself on a shopping freeze, whether that is leading up to the holidays because you want to save money so that you have that money over the holidays or through the holidays knowing there's so many holiday sales and it can constantly feel like I'm going to get this great deal and I should buy all of this stuff while it's on sale. But actually, if you're one of those entrepreneurs that I talked about, you're like, what's going to make me happier? Growing my business in 2020 or having gotten 
you know, a, a handful of new cute pieces on sale. And as a stylist, I will tell you, friend, it is having the business. <laughs> People ask me all the time about, for example, like, why do I not link my clothes on Instagram? Um, I don't shop that often. So I'm not one of those style bloggers that can give you the swipe up link to go buy the dress because I bought it two years ago. It's not in stock anymore. I spend so much more time, money, and energy on my business than I do on my style. So I truly can tell you that it is going to bring your life so much more joy if you are an entrepreneur. You got to learn the style and have that well-edited wardrobe that, that gives you the confidence to go in and pitch your company or you know, speak on stage or go to a networking event or whatever. But we can really have our eye on the prize of, I know that, for example, Hillary's offering her mastermind in January, and I don't want to not have the money for that. So I'm going to prep now before all those sales come up. It's the same way that we do if you are struggling with your with your weight and wanting to eat healthier. You prep yourself going into those holidays with a game plan for how am I not going to overeat? How am I not going to eat cookies from December 1 to December 31 just because they're out all over the office. You got to have the game plan going into it and we can do the same thing financially. So now we move on to number seven and some categories around the holidays. Number seven, used gift certificates to buy gifts for others. Does anyone else have a stack of gift cards? I have them in the left top drawer of my desk. And that is such a good area to say, oh, I got a gift card for Zara and I have this credit from Nordstrom and this other thing from H&M, and they just sit there so often unused that I'm sure if I Googled, I could give you guys some exorbitant statistic about how many gift cards are unused. So use those to purchase your gifts. If I'm going to go shopping for my niece and nephew, let me go on Gap.com and use that old credit from I don't even know when that I've had this card probably, guys, for like a decade in my desk. I'm not even kidding. It's been so long because I don't shop at the Gap. But my niece and nephew, they have great, cute little kids' clothes. So let me go there and use up that gift certificate. Number eight, set a dollar amount on holiday gifts with your friends or family or draw names to buy just one present versus six. So this is something that my family is adopting for the first time this holiday season as we've gotten you know, bigger with spouses and I think are just at the place where it's like there's so much joy with the kids on Christmas and it is more bustling now that my, my sister and I are both married and my aunt lives near us and we don't need as many gifts. We don't necessarily all need to buy something for one another. So can we just do, you know, one person that we draw from that we buy a bigger gift from? And then if there's something small that feels really personal that we want to get for someone else, we can do that. And we also set that dollar amount that the bigger gift we're drawing, that's going to be, you know, a $100 price value or whatever it is so that you don't have somebody else spending $500 and then you're like, oh, shoot, I only spent 50 and now I feel badly. And so you just rein that in. You can kind of set that example for your family. And also, we've talked about doing this for a little while, so it might not always take the first time. You might have to like, like Christmas morning presents is a big tradition for us. Like we do a lot of gifts. We only had two kids. We had no extended family. And we just did a lot of gifts all to each other on Christmas morning. A lot more, I realized throughout my years of dating, than other families did. Um, but we weren't really big gift people, but we were big Christmas morning people. And so it's taken a little while to kind of get used to that idea. I really love shopping for everyone in my family and all of that. I love wrapping the presents. And so the first time that this was, was you know, proposed, I wasn't like, all on board. So you can start to float this thing and know that it could take a few years for people to come around because, you know, holiday traditions are a big thing. Number nine, do not purchase any new holiday decor. To my mother, if you are listening, I love you so much. Do not purchase 
any new holiday decor. How many of us do not need the new holiday decor, but you get so excited because it's so cute and it's finally Christmas again or whatever holiday it is that you celebrate and you're so excited and you just see the thing on anthropology or, you know, you see the thing that's already on sale for the new thing. What if you just challenge yourself for this year, especially if you have that specific goal? I want to set aside that $400 in an emergency fund for our family and not touch it unless there really is that emergency fund. I want to set aside three times that amount so that it isn't wiped out after the first emergency. I want to grow my business in the new year. I want to take my business to the next level. And that actually matters more to me than this really beautiful, gold, sparkly gingerbread cottage sitting on my mantle. <laughs> I can just turn on that free Yule, Yule log channel, guys. Anybody else love that? Um, Okay, number 10 is avoid Black Friday shopping to be tempted with deals for things that you don't really need. It's back to that same strategy of going in knowing that there's going to be all those sales and just saying, even outside of clothing, whatever it is, just because it's on sale doesn't mean that I need the new gadget or whatever. Number 11, invite friends over for wine and snacks instead of going out to a fancy bar. Ask everyone to bring something. Don't equate hosting with money. This is something that I'm realizing that we love to host, but I tend to just take full ownership of it and buy all the things. And I've challenged myself. That's really generous of us, but it also isn't required. And it is perfectly fine to ask everyone to bring something. When someone says, what can we bring? And you're like, well, we do already have wine. Instead of saying nothing, we're good, which sometimes you want to bless people and say that. Sometimes you're like, wine would be great. And then you're going to have that to host for the next person. Um, number 12 is simplify your holiday party. Whether this is at work when they're doing white elephant gift exchange and they're like, you know, it's a $25 price point. If you know that happens and you're always like, this kind of feels like a waste, go to the person who's the party planning committee and be like, hey, I just feel like we could all be more conscious. And I wondered what you'd think of the idea of making it like a $5 gift. So it's more like people are going to thrift shops and it's it's such a fun thing that we do. But could it be just as fun and have it be cheaper and just have everybody have a little more money for their families? Or for us, I realized, you know, having less bells and whistles at our holiday party. I threw I throw a holiday party every year. My birthday is December 17th. And so it's just always a perfect time to do a holiday slash birthday. And I've done that for quite a few years now. And last year, I realized I just went too over the top with the stuff that we had. Like I had a photo booth and I had like punch and savory snacks and sweet snacks and like I just I just had too much stuff. I didn't need all the stuff. I could have asked everyone that was coming to bring something sweet to share, and I could have provided the savory, and I didn't need a photo booth. And that it was fun if you can do it, but I realized in hindsight that actually people just want to hang out. Like, they just want to be there. The tree is lovely. Our home is lovely. It doesn't need all of those other bells and whistles. So this year, also because I'm super still exhausted from to uh, – two weddings and uh, decorating an apartment <laughs> that I'm just going to keep the wedding, the um, the holiday party simple. So number 13 is see if you have any credit card points that can be redeemed for any of your holiday, holiday travel or shopping. I know holiday travel is super expensive time. That might be redeeming those credit cards or it might be putting something in place now to say, do I need to relook at what credit cards I have? Is travel a huge thing for me? 
And actually, I should be using, you know, a, a different credit card for those kind of travel miles. Number 14, going on a gift with another friend or mom from your kid's class or a sibling to split the cost. Um, my sister just proposed that we do this for my mom's birthday. She had an, a gift idea that she'd come up with. Um, I, by the way, am gifts is not my love language. I get super anxiety about coming up with gifts. I'm like, oh, I, are they going to like it? Like, I don't want to spend money on it if they aren't going to. It's not coming from a cheap place. It just feels wasteful. So what, when my sister comes up with an idea and I'm like, actually, mom would love that. Thank you so much for coming up with that. And great. Yes, let's go in on it together and um, and we'll give it to her together. Uh, number 15, send an electric ho- <laughs> An electronic holiday card. I said electric holiday card, and I pictured the electric light parade at Disneyland. That would probably be a much more expensive holiday card to send. Um, My team, someone was suggesting electronic holiday cards instead of the printed ones. The printed ones are lovely, but if you just want to save some time and money, it might be easier to just send the, you know, paperless post or whatever it is for this year. And number 16, shop your home. One of the gals on my team said, don't gift your friends junk. But if you have a ton of gorgeous necklaces and you really don't need that many, or you have one that you think someone would genuinely love, gift it to them. Ditto for coffee table books or frames that are in great condition. Simplify your home and you'll find treasures that will light up others. I don't know who on my team wrote that, but I thought that was really beautiful. And it instantly made me think, actually, yeah, I've got great frames that I'm getting rid of because we're just decorating our apartment a little bit differently, and now I want that whole wall black and white or whatever, and I could just print a photo in this frame and give it to a friend that it, that the frame looks like their style, and it's a beautiful Kate Spade frame that I wouldn't have to go out and purchase, and I simply can do that, and that's not being like, oh, this was ugly. Who would want this? It's really like, I love this. I just don't have space for it in this new apartment, or to their point, I, I have tons of necklaces and I'm just not, I just don't need as many of these. And you know what? My friend always commented on this one. I'm just going to gift her that one. I love that idea. Next category is recurring charges. Number 17, reconcile your budget for recurring charges you aren't using like apps. Apps is a big one for me, guys. Does anybody else, you have a monthly subscription or you paid the annual fee upfront to you know, get the discount, but actually you're not using that meditation app anymore or that journaling app or that photo editing app or whatever it is. So it's something that I decided a little bit ago, like to ask my assistant, can you go in and find, like, let's look at everything we have in the app store and let's go through and cancel anything that I'm not using. And let me look at the things that I bought. And if I've still got six months on it and I'm not going to get that refund, then, okay, let me try using it for the next six months, see if I want it. But let me make a deadline to cancel it at that point if I'm not going to use it again. 18 is swap your gym membership for free YouTube videos. I think there absolutely are so many resources that we have online. There is so much free stuff on YouTube, on Instagram, on IGTV that you can do these in-home workouts without having to have the gym membership if that's one area. Again, it can just be for a season. It doesn't necessarily have to be for all time. But if your goal is, I want to be in Hillary's mastermind in January. I'm going to pull back on these things. I want to get, I want to pay off that credit card bill. I want to have $1,000 set aside an emergency fund. For me personally, I am way better if I say I'm going to do this for a month or for three months rather than never again can I have this thing or can I do this thing. Like this is Christmas from here on out. 19 is cancel your landline and use only your cell phone. Um, This one is comical to me. I'd love to know who on my team suggested it because at least in New York City, 
I mean, no one I know has a landline. My parents have a landline. No one else I know has a landline. I would love to know how many of you listening have a landline, but totally true that I could see, for example, do my parents really need a landline or are they just so used to having it? And I don't know what, you know, that costs. It may be like super a small thing. But for somebody else, if you're like, actually, that's tied into the cable and we were going to cancel the cable anyways or whatever, like you just might not have thought, oh, yeah, we all have cell phones now. We don't need that landline. And you know what? It's 10 bucks a month, but that adds up at the end of the year. Uh, number 20 is cancel cable and use only Netflix or YouTube Red. Um, Number 21 is tied to this, which is limit your TV subscriptions and be okay not seeing every show. This is the mean Jeremy and I have been talking about a lot that I think uh, is going to affect a lot of us more in the coming years. There's more and more individual subscription services. Jeremy's into tech, so he knows these things that I'm not cool enough to know. But there's more subscription services that are popping up where there's now like a paid Disney subscription and NBC is pulling all of theirs off into like the Peacock Network or whatever. So it looks to us like in a couple of years, you could very easily be paying for 10 different subscriptions that you've got Hulu, Netflix, HBO, Showtime, your regular cable, the reruns of the NBC shows that you want over on Peacock and stuff for your kids over on Disney and whatever other ones pop up. And we could all be spending so much more money because we live in this day and age where there is so much more programming out there. And Jeremy and I have said to ourselves, we may need to or choose to say at a certain point, like, these are the shows we want to watch and these are the programs that we have. And we're going to do this for a year. We're going to do, you know, if if we really desperately want to watch a show and it is not on one of the things we have, then can we cancel one of those other subscriptions? And can we kind of volley back and forth? But we're not watching that much TV. So to have all these subscriptions, it's just that at a moment we get into, oh my gosh, this is our favorite show. We got to, you know, whatever the, the the queen is on, we got to have that when it comes back on. And, oh, I really want to watch Bachelor when that season is on or whatever it is. But then you get to a season where you realize, paying for all of these subscriptions and I really don't have that much time to watch television. So I think that's just something for us to all be paying attention to as these subscription services keep popping up that are competing with one another and they keep fracturing and suddenly we're going to want eight different things. Um, 22 is, are there any bills you can renegotiate for a better price? Check out a competitor. Just when's the last time that you have called in to, you know, to see, are there any other cable companies? Are there any other Wi-Fi companies? What would it look like to switch your phone bill from Verizon to AT&T or to call your credit card company and see if you can get a better rate or anything like that? It just takes a little bit of intention, but someone on our team did this and really saved a substantial amount of money by just sitting down one day and being like, I'm just going to have a little bit of guts. I'm going to call every single one and see if I can get a better rate. I'm going to look into a competitor for everyone and see if I can say, if I'm going to leave for this other one, can I get a better rate? Can I get my checking account for free or my savings account for free? Because otherwise I'm thinking about switching to this other bank. Uh, Number 23 is turn down the heat a few notches in winter to save on the gas bill. And I loved that someone on my team said this because what I realized is for some of us, this and where, where else can we do this in our lives? Where it's just a shift to, oh, you know what? I'm just used to when when it gets colder in the winter, I'm still wearing the same pajamas that I was wearing or whatever. I'm still walking around the house barefoot. I just go and turn up the heat when I feel cold as opposed to I could put on sweatpants instead of those little silk shorts and I could put on socks and slippers and I could 
put another blanket on the bed. And again, some of you may be like, duh, of course we're doing this. But guarantee you there are other people listening that are like, yeah, I just always turn it up a notch, which for me in the winter, I'm sorry, in the summer here in New York City, like we got to have that air conditioning on. It gets so hot. There isn't another option that you can't can't wear less clothes and still be dressed appropriately. Um, but I realize in the winter that this is something Jeremy has been saying to me. I'm, I'll be like, I'm cold. And he's like, put on slippers. And I'm like, oh, right. Like, OK, yeah, I'm just not in that muscle memory. Um, and also because for us, we, we switched apartments, as you know, and our last apartment, the heat we couldn't control in old fun, fun fact in old brownstone buildings here in New York. They're beautiful, like the one Carrie Bradshaw lived in in Sex and the City. But you can't control the heat. So they just blast it all the time. You literally have to open up your windows in order to let the heat out. So I didn't have very many warm clothes. Well, now in our new home, we have control over it. It's not automatically going on. We now pay for it as opposed to previously it was just part of our rent. So it does, our bill does go down and up. And therefore, I'm just having to learn a new winter pattern in a new place. Oh, yeah, it gets colder here. I can put on slippers and get warmer pajamas instead of turning up the heat. Next category is food. Number 24, limit how often you eat out. I know that's a big one for a lot of us. Uh, Number 25, consider eating less meat and more vegetarian meals, just looking for how can I lower the cost of the meals that I am cooking. Number 26, switch to a credit card that accumulates points for free groceries. We kind of mentioned that earlier with travel, but what is the thing for you? If groceries is really what you're spending on because you've got a family of six and you guys don't travel that often, maybe that's an area for you where I think for my mom, her credit card is all about how many points she gets on groceries. Um, Jeremy and I don't cook. For us, groceries is not really our thing. We travel. And you guys see that we travel a lot. We use travel miles for so much of our travel. That's the the credit card that we focus on. Um, And then miscellaneous, number 27, carpool with a friend to save gas or opt for plans where you can walk if possible. For those of you that live in kind of walkable cities, can you choose a place that is going to let you walk as opposed to going to the equally cute restaurant that requires you to drive there. Or if you live in New York City or a city um, like mine, commit to only taking the subway and not Uber and Lyft. I would say this is the number one thing my friends talk about in their budget. Like the number one commitment is I'm not going to take an Uber for for a month or I'm going to really limit my Uber budget. It's just become something that I realize when I had no money and before Uber and Lyft was a thing, but there was taxis and there was car services, like I would never spend the money that I do now on Ubers and Lyfts. And yes, I've grown my business and now I'm at the place that I can afford that. But I also realize that's just become a habit. And I could really pull back on that if I got into a place where I was hungry to save in a certain way and for a certain reason. 28, organize your closets and cupboards to make sure you're not forgetting about the you know toothpaste, shampoo, soup, pasta that you can use before you buy more. Upside of having really small living quarters in New York City is we don't have a lot of storage space. And so I, I can't get the discount of going to Costco or Sam's Club and buying in bulk. But my cabinets, guys, like in our guest bathroom, our toiletries cabinet, there is space for like a couple of everything. And I, nerd alert, I have used my labeler, my label maker that my old assistant hooked me onto. It is labeled underneath hand soap, toilet paper, paper towels, all the things so that I can see. I I go in there when I am out of soap. I walk into that um, bathroom to make sure 
that I can grab something from there. And then when that's empty, I replace it. And we just get to the point where we don't have like a surplus of things building up. But I would imagine for those of you with bigger homes, maybe you've got more kids, you have more stuff that you absolutely could go through a spring cleaning and realize we've got food in here that's about to expire that we haven't been eating or You know, I got into this new brand of products, and so I haven't used this old one. And yes, I want to go to clean, clean products for my family, but I'm going to use these other ones up until they're done and then, you know, switch back to this brand. And number 29, swap babysitting with friends, watching one another's kids instead of hiring babysitters. Ditto for pet sitting. When are those times when you have another friend that's in that same position that you could simply swap with and then you're actually not spending any money? So those are all our ideas here on Team Dean of ways to save money. And again, I'm going to put an Instagram link below. I would love to hear your ideas. But let's also talk about ways to make money. So you might be in a season where there is something that you really are wanting to save up for. Maybe that is as an entrepreneur growing your business. Maybe it is paying off your debt. Maybe it is a special trip. But is there any way that whether you own a business or not, you could make more money above what your current salary or income is? So the first category is if you don't own a business. So whether you own a business or not, this applies to you. Number one is sell stuff around your house, toys, clothing, household items, whether that's on a clothing app or to a resale store or on Craigslist or eBay or Etsy. This is one of those things that does take time. I personally don't use a resale app for my clothes because I know it does take time. And this is just a little insight for my fellow entrepreneurs. I know that the amount of money I'm going to make back through that is not as much as if I just poured those hours into my business. But if you are not coming from that perspective of I I don't have any more hours and my hours all need to be really top dollar, that is such a great easy way on nights, on weekends to say, As I go through style and stylability and find things in my closet to get rid of, I'm going to get one of these clothing resale apps and go on there and resell them. As I am tackling this project of cleaning out the garage, that's always my mom's thing. She's forever talking about cleaning out the garage. Well, as you do that, you're going to come across toys from our childhood that you could probably make some good money putting those on eBay if you're looking for that. And for some people, again, you're going to be like, "Eh, it's just not worth the time. But for other people, you're like, this is this is great. And you can feel way better about it because you know that you're giving it you're, you're getting it into the hands of someone who really wants it rather than, to be totally honest, just going and donating to Salvation Army where it may or may not be taken. It may fall through the cracks. It may just be creating more clutter. But when you sell someone that dress that they wanted or that toy on eBay, you actually know that it's being appreciated by whoever wants it. It's continuing to get a life rather than end up in a landfill. And if you don't own a business, but you're looking to make extra money for a season, a lot of these ideas in this next grouping, you know, these could be full-time careers. But it's also just remembering that now that we have this gig economy, as it is called, that there are a lot of ways that you could make money on the side, again, to say, This is just going to be for three months, but I'm going to double down. I have my normal day job, but I really want to save up money to, again, start my business or whatever the thing is. So for three months, I'm going to pick up this extra side job in this way. So that could be number two, delivering um, food orders for a service. You know, we have Seamless or there's Postmates, those kinds of things, or driving an Uber or Lyft. If there's something you can do in a few hours a week and bonus, if you can see that as your personal time. I'm listening to music. I'm thinking. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm, I'm, you know, 
delivering things or I'm running people around town. But actually, it's only, I'm only doing it for a few hours a week. And I can see that as my personal time as well. Number three, share in any groups that you're looking to pick up holiday work. Like this could be your church WhatsApp group or a mom's Facebook group or just a text to a group of your girlfriends, but it keeps you top of mind. I've hired multiple people this way when someone has thrown out, hey, if anyone hears of anything, I'm just looking to pick up extra work these holidays. And there have been multiple times that I'm like, actually, we need someone in the office and I might have just turned to another service like TaskRabbit, but because somebody mentioned it, they were top of mind, and I just reached out to them. Uh, number four is writing blog posts or articles for online writing services like TextBroker. That's something you could Google and look more into if you are a writer or you have an area of expertise or you feel like you could speak to something. There are a lot of websites that just um, want that. Number five, finding extra contract work on Upwork, Craigslist, Fiverr. That might include things like data entry or hand addressing holiday cards, which I did one year. Guys, before I even knew that Her Royal Highness Meghan Markle did the same, um, although she has magical calligraphy handwriting, mine is not like formal calligraphy handwriting, but truly I addressed holiday cards for the um, like one of the C-suite people at a finance company. My friend was his executive assistant and he wanted his cards to all of his clients to be hand addressed. So I just sat in their office for multiple days and just hand wrote um, the, these cards. And that's something that Meghan Markle has said that she did um, for celebrity clients back when she was in between acting gigs. And that is absolutely one of those things for anyone listening to this who's like, well, I can't do that because I have kids. I can't do that because like anyone can do that while they have television on in the background, while their kids are playing in the other room. Like, are there things that you actually could do when you have those little hours and you realize I I can do this. Like I'm watching television instead of doing this. I can pull back on that for a season. Um, number six is find side gigs on TaskRabbit, whether it's cleaning, running errands, handiwork that can often be done at flexible hours. Task, TaskRabbit is a place that we have used a lot over the years. Number seven, submit your profile on babysitter sites like care.com to find work on nights or weekends. And remember, you don't have to be a high schooler to be a babysitter. You could be a grandmother in your 50s and someone could be like, um, this is amazing that we are getting this woman to come and watch our kids. And you could just be like, I love kids. I'm good with kids. And I'm going to do this for, you know, a, a period of time just to make a little extra money for this thing that I care about. Um, number eight, sell your baking on local Facebook groups, you know, your cookies or cakes or pies. Look for any different um you know, bake sale opportunities, things that are happening in your community where there's some sort of little holiday fair or holiday mart. Um, and number nine, do you have any crafts that you can sell? Jewelry or knitting, um, anything, again, that may, there might be holiday sales that are going on, a lot of those things around this time of year where you could set up a little booth or you could send your things to, you know, be sitting there. If you own a business, here's another handful of ideas. Number 10 is you offer a holiday discount or a two-for-one deal, or a referral discount. You know, if you um, if your friend signs up, if your friend purchases, then we'll give you a discount or we'll give you a store credit. Or a discount for buying another gift for a friend. You know, buy one, get the next one 50% off, and, and you can have a friend join you. That's technically four ideas in one, but it's all around, could I offer a a discount because either for a specific purpose, like it is the holidays and that's a set time of year, or you're going to get a discount because you're buying two or you're 
buying one, you know, for a friend or you told a friend about it and they bought. Number 11 is offer a new service, product or course at a beta rate. So what can you teach or consult on? It might be your very first idea or it might be your next idea, but to get over the fear of what if people don't love it? What if they aren't willing to pay that much? You can do an initial round at a beta price where the pricing is lower and therefore there is people feel like they're getting a deal. You feel like there's less pressure and it's easier for you to just go ahead and deliver on it and get the first version of it out the door. Um, that is, um, by the way, what we did with the um, Elegant Excellence Goals Journal. We did the first round as our beta round was to only our mastermind students. They didn't pay for it. It was a free gift. We weren't asking people to purchase it, but it allowed us to get the first round under our belt. And you might do that and say, we're going to offer these at a super low price. They cost X amount to to make, and we're only going to charge a little bit more because we know it's not going to be perfect. We know it's not going to be our best effort, but we're just going to get it out the door and get a little bit of money going, get some testimonials, get some feedback, and get that momentum working. Number 12 is look for undertapped audiences, such as old email contacts in your personal email or using IG stories if you haven't, or your personal Facebook, or texting friends. Again, there's multiple ideas in here. But if you own a business, I guarantee you aren't diving into every area that you could to get more buyers. If you are trying to book more health coaching clients, who else doesn't know that you're a health coach? Or who else knows that you're one but hasn't gotten such a clear, direct offer to realize, you know, I, I know that he said he was doing health coaching, but I just I hadn't really thought about hiring him until he sent me his website and said, if you can think of anyone, I'm accepting clients for, you know, for quarter th four, or I have five more spots. And now that you've sent it to me, I knew that you were doing it, but I wouldn't have thought to send it to friends. But now that you've sent it to me, I'm like, actually, my friend was just mentioning the other day, I'm just going to go ahead and forward her, her your, um, your URL. So you're just really making sure that everyone truly does know what you do and knows very clearly what you do. They know where the website is. They know what it costs. They know what openings it is that you have, that you just are making it so clear for other people to be like, actually, I do want that. Or I didn't realize that you offered that. Or, you know, I, I, I'm on your Instagram, but I didn't, I, I guess I hadn't seen you in a while. Like the algorithm was kind of burying you. But then you sent that email announcing it to all of your personal friends and family. And I realized, oh my gosh, I don't think I've been seeing her Instagram lately. I didn't even realize that she was doing this. So know that not everyone hears and sees everything. I have to constantly remind myself that just because you're listening to this podcast does not mean that you're seeing every post on Instagram, every IG story every day, and opening every email that I sent you. So if if Instagram stories is the only place I tell you about something, you you might miss it. And so therefore, where can I kind of cross-pollinate to make sure you know what I have to offer? Number 13, consider other businesses that would be good partners for making referrals and pay them a fair affiliate commission for sending business your way. So if you know that a photographer for weddings is going to have brides that are going to want to book a hair and makeup artist, and you are that hair and makeup artist, you say to the photographer, any brides you send me, I will give you an X percent commission because they're doing the work on the marketing and finding the bride. And it makes so much sense for them to say, hey, by the way, let me know if you're looking for a hair and makeup person. I have someone that I really trust and recommend. Then they're getting a commission and they're putting the word out there for you. Or look for another company whose mission you're aligned with and want to make referrals to that are willing to pay you a fair affiliate commission. So under that same concept, let's say there is a 
um, there's a hairline that, uh, you know, hair care products. And you're a hairstylist and you reach out to them to say, hey, would you give me a a commission, like a wholesale rate, if I start recommending these to my clients? If you have a really big base, is that something that you could become an ambassador for? Now you're talking about it on your Instagram, but they're paying you to be an ambassador for the brand. And you're not just for free advertising their products and recommending them to all of your customers and all of your followers without getting a commission in return. And number 15, this is the last one, is do a pre-sale to raise funds before you purchase the inventory or or product from the manufacturer or before manufacturing or making something for yourself. And the bonus here is that it also ensures you're really giving the audience what they want. So you can throw out that you are offering a new course and here's what it's going to be. And you can have people purchase that course. This is what I did with my Silent Stylability course the very first time. I was creating the course live every single week. I didn't have the course done and then I sold it. I sold it and then every single week I would create the content to release that following week. And if no one had bought it, then I wouldn't have created a whole product. It turned out nobody wanted. I would have been like, oh, well, glad I didn't create that thing. So you can do that um, that element of it. Jeremy has something that um, that he's working on. And that's sort of the idea is like, let's just do a beta version of this and test it and see if people want this before I decide that I'm going to build this whole thing. And then I put it out there and it's crickets. And you're like, shoot, I have invested a lot of time, money, and energy And somehow I didn't hit the nail on the head. This isn't what people want. But if you can put it out there and say you can, you know, you can pre-order this and then once you get your orders, we're going to order this and then you can note that all of your pieces are taken care of. So we have listed all of these below in a very long description for the episode, but this is what I want you to hear. If you are an entrepreneur, and I know that that does not apply to everyone here, but if that does apply to you, if you're an entrepreneur who wants to start or grow your business, come the new year, I'm going to be telling you about ways you can study with me and I can help you with that, starting with the Elegant Excellence Mastermind. And applications for that are going to be in December. I'm giving you a big heads up because do not be one of those people who doesn't have the money to make more money. Like, I'm an entrepreneur, loves, I get it. It is hard to have the money, but you have to invest money to make money. That is truly the way it works. So start saving now in October. And I say this with so much love that in listening to this episode, you do not have excuses. If you can't afford it, then you haven't worked to afford it. Now, you might put in the work and still be like, I just wasn't close this year. No worries. You might need to, to save up for a longer period of time to get there. And, and that is amazing and honorable as well. But know that when you get there and you're like, I don't know if I can afford this, you're going to have to ask yourself, have I worked to be able to afford it? Or are there things that I put on my credit or debit card in the last two months that I actually didn't want as much as I want the freedom and the lifestyle with this? And again, I get it in case you have not heard me say this. When I was an actor in musical theater, Multiple years, I claimed $10,000 as my annual income on my taxes living in New York City, the most expensive city in the country. I had no money for years when I started my business. I was making $35,000 working at a desk job. Again, that could be more if you're listening to this in Oklahoma, but in New York City, that was not a lot of money to from that place, then quit and start a business. So know that I completely understand how hard it is to save up that money. 
But I also want you to know for anyone who is listening and has any element of like, okay, this sounds easy for Hillary to say, but like she has money. Guys, that's because I made the sacrifices in those years to be able to invest in the experts and the training to grow my business to get to this point. I had nothing that you don't have financially. And that again, this message isn't going to be for everyone. But if this is for you, hear me. I didn't have any more money than you have right now. And I just bit by bit made wise choices and scrapped and saved. And I made sure I was wisely investing. But I invested in training and teachers and experts to get me to the next level. And I continue to do that today. Even though we are in a much better place financially, I continue. One of the secrets of my success, I truly believe, is because I got so used to not having money and having to be such a good steward of it that I have not gotten into the trap that I have seen a lot of my colleagues get into where our lifestyle just keeps going up and up and up. And therefore, we get into financial issues that I continue to look for these ways. I continue to be like, hey, Crystal, to my assistant, like, are there any apps that I'm not paying for? Like, I want that $10 a year back into my business and my life. I continue to look for those small things. So this is about an approach to life, not about reaching some level and feeling like, oh, that level that she she or he is at is not attainable. Or once I get there, I won't have to do this anymore. And one powerful way to save, whether you are an entrepreneur or not, is my course, Style and Styleability. I talked about that at the top, but truly one of the reasons I am so passionate about this course is because I know that it is an investment that saves people so much more money than they put into it. That's 100% how I feel about every single thing that I offer. Every course I have in business, whatever price we put on, it's because we know that course you can absolutely make that money and more back from having done that training. And most people can't say this on the personal development side, but it's why I love my approach to styles so much. And I'm so grateful that this is the work I do in the world because I know you invest that money in a style course, you're going to save so much more on your clothing. Like I, I am saving you money. You have to put that little investment in to get there, but there's no way that you are not going to end up saving more money than you initially invested and feeling more joyful, feeling more confident, feeling more light and free, feeling like you are a better you know, consumer, more intentional with what you are bringing into your life. So I'm offering a promotion through this weekend where you can both save money by buying now and save money inside. If you go to hillaryrushford.com slash class, you can get on the list for that. But I'm doing that right now because I know that this is the key time to do this class before we get into the holiday bustle, to save this money before we get into this to not wait until we get to January for like new year, new you, and we're trying to make all of these changes, to do it now so that we're in the better place of having this wisdom to go into the new year. So here is to preparing for and choosing the life we want in 2020, starting today. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is the new Netflix show, The Politician. Okay, I know we talked already in this episode about the fact that there's so much good content out there and there's all these different subscriptions that we all make each other want by talking about these things. So listen, if you've decided after listening today that you're canceling Netflix, I honor you. And you can just press pause and you don't even need to listen. But if you have Netflix, my friends, we are loving this show. First of all, it is beautiful, cool art direction. Aesthetically, the show is just amazing. Being a past musical theater um, 
person in my life. It is starring Ben Platt, who won a Tony Award. He has a phenomenal voice, and he sings multiple times in the show, somehow feeling really organic, and they're all just really magical. Jeremy actually liked it after the first episode, which I really struggle to find shows that he loves. He is a very harsh critic. He'll be like, that's not as good as whatever, whatever. And it does not give me bad dreams and anxiety, which I am a very harsh critic of. We keep being recommended shows, and then gosh, they're just like so terrifying that I can't get through them. So we needed to find something that was like high enough quality for him and positive enough for me. And then in the last episode, just when we thought we couldn't love the show anymore, Bette Midler walks into the show. I mean, guys, Bette Midler. We saw her in Hello, Dolly. Oh, hello, Dolly. Um, Last year, our friend Nathan was in it two years ago. It was Jeremy's first Broadway show, and he wanted to go because our friend Nathan was in it. Guys, she was so phenomenal. I don't even have words. Like, you just, sometimes you see someone, and you're like, that person is gifted. Like, she had the audience in the palm of her hands, and she is hilarious in this show. And by the way, come tell me on Instagram, has anyone seen the film Big Business with Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin? I'm aging myself, but my sister and I loved this movie growing up. Our family would go to Palm Springs for holidays in the summer. You want to talk about saving money, by the way, guys? Our holiday vacation growing up, we would go house sit for an elderly couple that my parents were friends with in Palm Springs. It was just a house, but it had a pool. And we did not have a pool. And my sister and I, that's all we needed. All we needed was a pool. We stayed in a free house and we would just like have lunch, brunch out by the pool, clean up, go to dinner in town. Palm Springs was cute even back then. Come home and watch a movie. And there's a couple movies that are cemented into my brain from that time. And one of them is Big Business. Yes, it's going to be cheesy because it was like from the 80s. But I guarantee you it still stands out. Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin, two of the comedy greats of their age, they play twins that are separated at birth. So each character plays two versions of herself. There's like the city twins and the country twins. Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. We just love it. Um, I got my Tuesday panties, but I guess you knew that too. It'll make sense when you watch the film. Anyways, we got to the last, we got to an episode last night and we I was just saying to Jeremy, click through because I want to see how many more episodes we have. Like I, I, I don't want to be surprised. And then all of a sudden it ended and it switched to the next show. We were like, no, that's the end of season one. And I immediately Googled, politician season two (laughs) when does it come back and it does not come back till next summer so the fact that we flew through it i didn't have bad dreams jeremy actually liked it and it made me want to sing and tell you about my childhood i mean guys what more do you need just recommending the politician i hope it brings you joy this week and i'll see you back here next week with grace and gumption till next wednesday 